Bear Fox and Bear Bear for bringing me back home to my bride patch. <laughs> Did you remember to turn off those robots? And now, the show that has the whole town cooking. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 470. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to the parks, but also bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, the blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, some new projects on the way, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So let me start off by wishing you a very happy and healthy new year as I invite you to please join me around the table as we look back at the 2016 Walt Disney World Year in Review. We'll travel virtually through the parks and resorts and beyond and look back at what was gained, what was lost, events, announcements, memories, dining, of course, and more. And of course, I want to hear from you as you share your memories from Walt Disney World in 2016 as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have information about upcoming WW Radio Meet of the Month, on-the-road events, some new projects, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. gathered here tonight around the fire as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story an amazing story as old as time itself but still being written reflections of earth Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? The Scottish phrase Old Lang Syne roughly translates to for old time's sake, and the song and the poem it was based upon are all about really sort of preserving old friendships and looking back at the events of the past year. And as this year comes to a close, we look ahead optimistically and also take time oftentimes to reflect on the past 12 months in our personal lives, in our business, and for this week's purposes, the world, as in the Disney world. Because so much has happened in and at and to Walt Disney World as 2016 has been full of new additions and announcements and surprises and sometimes sadly a few things that now only exist in our memories and photographs and tweets and snaps and Instagrams, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, this week... We're going to gather around the fire because it's still 89 degrees here in Florida and reflect back on all that has happened over the course of the past year at Walt Disney World 
and Walt Disney World in quotes because it sort of expands beyond the four corners of the parks. And of course, I can't, don't want to, and certainly should not do this on my own. So I invited dignitaries, experts, and celebrities from the four corners of the globe to join me. Unfortunately, none of them showed up. So instead, I'm joined by the people who I really do want to be here with me, my friends and my extended family. And first, in order of royalty, uh, Her Majesty, Highness, Countess, or whatever cape and crown she is wearing today, the incomparable, for many reasons, my friend and partner from MEI and Mouse Van Travel, Becky, off with her head, Mankin. Wait! Okay. That was the best intro ever. Uh, can you come up with something new for 2017? Can we just put the whole no, I think off that... with their heads thing to rest? Uh, I think <laughs> I think it should like live in the grave with 2016, don't you think? I think it. You know, I think it fits in the whole royalty oh. that is Becky Mencken, and I'm not truly sure. And what was so great about Catherine the Great? Anyway, um, also joining me around the virtual table by the fire are my friends and members of the WDW Radio Nation family, all of whom, by the way, submitted videos as to how and why they wanted to and should be on this week's podcast. I was going to choose one. There were so many good ones. I couldn't decide, so I chose three. And ladies first, as always, I want to welcome Jennifer Kaufman to the show. Hey, Lou. It's so great to be here. Becky, I think you should just hear that Lou said the incomparable Becky Megan. If I had the editing buttons, <laughs> that's exactly what would have happened. In, Listen, in the notice that I but didn't I do feeling... it in the Becky voice yet, either. No. We'll get to that. Yet. That's a I, top I ten list. Gonna... <laughs> this is going to be a long, long day. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not. We are going to... I am I am going to try and keep us somewhat on task. So I'm going to move on to a uh, uh, another friend and returning guest to the show and a oh so very fast and creative member of the WDW Radio running team. He is Mr. Luke Lawson. Hey, Lou, and hey, Nation. Uh, just so everybody knows, the way to lose heart is through food and nostalgia. <laughs> You, uh, you're, you had me at hello in your video because there was music, there was discussions of food. I'm like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I know videos. the way to get there. <laughs> and last and certainly not least is another member of the nation, a, a friend from the great white north, Mr. Jeff Knoll. Hey, Lou, how's it going? Good, good, good. And thank you guys again. Too- just to be clear, it's 28 degrees where I am, so uh, it's certainly not 96. Well, so, that 28 uh, Canadian, which is the same thing as 87 American Fahrenheit, <laughs> something like that. With the with the exchange rate, I think you're about right. <laughs> right. <laughs> after after it's dipped in poutine, that is. And you too had also a very creative and compelling and Canadian video. So I appreciate you guys sending um, those in, and I think it's really. I like doing these as roundtables because I think we all bring a very different perspective to the discussion of the year in review. So just very quickly, just to sort of give people an idea and we'll sort of in the same um, order that I introduced you. How long have you been coming to Walt Disney World? Have you been coming since you're a kid? Is it relatively recently? And, and how often do you come? 
Becky, I come every week. Of course. I oh, you but couldn't even wait. I couldn't wait. Four minutes in. like, not even, I was going to say, you're not even five minutes into the show and you had to go right into Mrs. Doubtfire slash Queen slash, um, what's her face? Becky Menke. Uh, Julia Child. There you go. It's, it's, a, it's the meeting of the three and I still don't understand why you think that sounds like me. Because when anyway. we are not recording and we are, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you wall. sound like. Go ahead. It is not what I, all right. when, have, anyway. when did you first start coming to Walt Disney World? 1996 Wow, was my first visit to Walt Disney World. I've been going to Disneyland since I was seven years old. But 1996 was my very first visit to Walt Disney World. Interesting. And Jennifer? Um, I actually was a late visitor as well. I came, I went one time in high school, um, which would have been late nineties, early two thousands. And uh, then I dragged my husband there who was not thrilled for our honeymoon. We went in June, opened to close. We were so broke, and I think the rules might have been different, or we just didn't know. So we ate peanut butter. It should have been the most miserable trip. We try to go twice a year. This year has been uh, an exceptionally Disney travel-heavy year, which is my favorite kind. Nice. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from Cincinnati. So it's also cold here, not quite as cold as Canada, but it's all the same to me because it's not warm. So <laughs> I'd love to be anywhere warmer. And Luke, what about you? Yeah, I came uh, first in 1992 when I was six, and I don't remember a thing. Uh, the first time I remember it was 2008 um, when I was a senior in college, and I jumped right in the year after that, coming back for the Disney College program, uh, and I was there for about two years uh, and have been coming at least once a year ever since. Okay, so you were a cast member. Give me, tell us either where you worked or what your favorite role was while you were here. Uh, I was a uh, safari driver at Kilimanjaro Safaris, and it was unforgettable. Just every single day was something new, um, and I miss it all the time. Fun. I'm sure. And um, and Jeff? I'm a late bloomer as well. I first visited in 2005, um, having fantasized about visiting from childhood. It was the first time I had the opportunity and the funds to do it in 2005, and I've been back probably twice a year since then. Um somewhat addicted, you might say. So uh, uh, we get up there and we visited Disneyland for the first time uh, this past August, which was uh, really exciting. Right. It, it's similar, but still very different. There's lots of reasons to love uh, Disneyland in addition to Walt Disney World. It's similar, but very different. I think the scale of it, the history behind it, uh, it's just an amazing place. It's totally different. I, I recommend it to anybody that, um, you know, is a Disney World uh, devotee that they need to make the pilgrimage to uh uh, to home base there in uh, Anaheim, it's worth the trip. I agree. I think we've even done a couple of shows, like top 10 reasons why every Walt Disney World fan needs to visit Disneyland. And the more I go back, the more I really believe that um, more than ever. So so in, in looking back <clears throat> to 2016, we're going to do something a little bit different than maybe I've done in the past, as opposed to doing a timeline month by month this year we're going to go park by park and around the world we're going to hit the resorts and certainly disney springs and, and a lot of the other things that are going on but before we do that and you guys didn't know this was coming i want to do sort of <clears throat> excuse me a mini lightning round right off the bat so what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you questions or make a statement and just give me a very short answer in terms of what is sort of the thing that comes to top of mind first? And we'll keep the order the same way, gentlemen, because I still believe in ladies first. So Becky and then Jennifer and then Luke and Jeff, as you look back 
at the Disney year of 2016, what's your most vivid memory of the year in review? What sort of comes to mind first when you think to Walt Disney World specifically in 2016? Disney World specifically for 2016? Oh, wow. Okay, just so you know, this is called the WDW Radio Show. It's a podcast about Disney. All right. There's so much in the world of Disney. So, I mean, right off the top of my head, when you say 2016, I'm thinking to the cruises that we did. But now you're saying Disney World. So I have to, like, recalibrate my brain for two seconds. Well, that's okay. Look, I I think that the cruises is an extension of Disney World. So that's okay. I'll I'll let you go with that. So I would say top of mind to me because we did do two cruises. And I specifically remember right now, when you think 2016, the Star Wars cruise comes to mind more than anything because everybody dressed up. And it was one of my very favorite cruises that we did. Second, probably only two, no, probably third um, between Alaska and, and Richard Sherman. I think that's falling right in there. I really enjoyed that cruise. It has nothing to do with the fact that you ate at Apollo 11 times in a row. Uh, okay, Jennifer, your most vivid memory of 2016? Uh, not, necessarily, not necessarily my favorite memory, but my most vivid and unique. We were actually down for a already short three-and-a-half-day trip during Hurricane Matthew. So oh, it was wow. very interesting to see uh, the different preparations that Disney World made. Um, so we were like, oh, wow, that's there's all these details that they think of, you know, I guess in case the ball breaks, it'd be easy to clean up and just these totally geeky little things that I never would have expected. And then it also meant that we had about one day to do all of Food and Wine Festival, which is an incredibly long day. <laughs> so it was, it was definitely an <clears throat> experience that I don't necessarily want to repeat, but uh, it's kind of fun to say we were there. Yeah, that's a long but delicious day. Yes, yes. We were very tired at the end. And I was like, well, you know, we'd usually do this over three days. So it makes sense. Uh, Luke? Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, mainly just the friendships I've made uh, through the running team, um, for the most part, uh, trolling around Disneyland with the one and only Lauren Gaggioli, shout out. Um, but then also just uh, every time going down, having something in mind to run for and the people to run with. So uh, that'd be it for 2016 for me. Cool, man. I appreciate that, brother. And Jeff? So a compound one, I guess the first one I'm not so happy about, and that is the uh, the changes in Hollywood studios, although I'm excited for the future. I, I uh, definitely miss the uh, uh, Osborne lights as well as uh, uh, the backlot tour. Um, so I'm looking forward to the future, but uh, missed both of those attractions and that whole section of the park deeply. My favorite experience in 2016 was actually introducing my grandchildren to Disney World this year. So that was that was a lot of fun. Nice. We brought three of our grandkids down and uh, got to uh, show them what I loved so much. And that was a great, uh, great experience for us uh, back in November. And there's nothing <clears throat> excuse me, more special than seeing the park that you love so much through a child's eyes for the first time. Yeah, watching, uh, especially my four-year-old uh, grandson Ethan uh, meet Mickey for the first time was, uh, you know, quite a moment, um, and uh, it's, you know, one you'll just never forget. All right, so I'm going to take you. I'm going to go completely against what I said at the beginning. I'm going to take you outside the parks because I think these sort of tie into it as well. What is your favorite Disney movie of 2016? And by Disney, that is inclusive: huh. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. Hmm. Okay. I have two, but one doesn't count. So I'd have to. <laughs> so <laughs> just say one. <laughs> I know you're going to tell me what I'm going to say doesn't count. Deadpool. But it doesn't count because it's not Ay, a Disney movie. Dios mio. 
Listen, but it's Marvel. I it, know, but I loved that movie. All right, so now I have to say the one that did count, which for 2017, and I just saw Rogue One, so I'm kind of there, but I'm going to go back to Captain America's Civil War. Okay. Jennifer? Um, I loved Civil War also, but I have to say, at least right now, that our favorite movie this year was Moana. I wasn't sure whether I'd love it, but my whole family just adores everything about it. Luke? Yeah, it was Rogue One for sure for me. I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan. So Rogue One all the way, but honorable mention to Zootopia. Yeah, Zootopia, I think, was a surprise for a lot of people, just how much it it resonated. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff? Hey, uh, well, I haven't seen Rogue One yet, even though I'm playing it at my theater at this very moment. I haven't (laughs) actually seen it, so I have to disqualify it for a moment uh, because it would probably be the number one for me. But I think for me... Uh, Jungle Book was number one, and and for mm. not not story reasons, but because my expectations were so low, my uh, history seeing films converted from animation to live action had been very uh, um, limited in terms of you know, the success rate. And I think that they really carried out uh, Jungle Book amazingly, um, and uh, it did very well. Audiences loved it. Um, I'm, I'm in the movie theater business, so we, you know, we, we got to talk to a lot of the audiences that left and, uh, it was just an amazing transition from the, uh, storybook uh, pages to animation and now to live action. It was an amazing, uh, undertaking on the part of Disney. Yeah. So just to sort of refresh everyone's recollection, the movies that came out, um, you know, sort of the, under the Disney umbrella were the finest hours, Zootopia, Jungle Book, Civil War, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Finding Dory, the BFG, Pete's Dragon, The Light Between Oceans, The Queen of Cotway, Doctor Strange, surprisingly nobody mentioned, Moana and Rogue oh, yeah. One. And for me, look, I love, 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 live Marvel and superheroes. I've got my Spider-Man under too much information, but I love <laughs> that movie. Um, I've seen it of all the movies that I've seen in here. That is the one that I've seen over and over and over again. But I will tell you, um, and, and I wrote something on Facebook about it, like as I left, right after I left the theater, Finding Dory for me was such a surprise. I expected it, I was taking it, I was going there for my kids, <clears throat> excuse me, I expected it to be a good, not great sequel. And I, I like I wrote, I laughed, I cried, I laughed again, like I was so heavily vested in that, in the movie and the characters, I just... I felt good when I walked out of it. I think even more so than any of those other films. I mean, I think if I had to say my favorite, it was Captain America. Uh, I loved Moana, except for one scene. Um, and I enjoyed Doctor Strange. The Twitter scene? <laughs> uh, no, the, the crab scene. The crab scene oh, seemed... Oh, I agree. I absolutely it, it seemed so disjointed to me from the rest of the film. Um I, I get it. Completely I completely out of it. Yeah. 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 So that was the only sort of part that lost me. But otherwise, I think it was visually stunning. I think we forget and almost take for granted sometimes that we are watching something that a person created with their hands. That ocean looks like it's natural. That sand looks like it's real sand. I think it's just visually stunning. I love the music, love the story. It was just that one scene, but I can watch. Listen, you put Spider-Man or a Captain America, and I'll watch that all day. I got to watch Captain America when we're done here. Wait a minute, but going back to your Finding Dory really quick, the only thing, I have not seen it yet. I I just got to put that out there. I've not seen it yet, but I think probably within five seconds of you leaving the movie, you were texting me. (laughs) 
Which is odd because you were you'd probably be the last person I would think about texting. But that goes to show you (laughs) just how compelling of a film that was. Yeah. And and for some reason, you really enjoyed it. And you apparently said that you had your new favorite character in the movie as well. (laughs) And I now you remember. Now, let me tell you, you. listen, the global (laughs) search is on for a Becky doll. Don't you worry. So, hey, Lou, can I ask you what you thought of Pete's Dragon this year? Because that was, for me, the biggest surprise of the year. You can ask me, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh, that that Be- good, eh? Because I haven't seen it yet, so oh, okay. I just I okay. just haven't seen it yet. Um, I was and I think I'm scared it was just to. Such a far departure. Such a I far think, departure. Uh, yeah. From the original story. Yeah. And I think I'm afraid to to a certain degree because I grew up with the original Pete's Dragon. I I love that film. Um, I love the characters. I love the 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 music. I love the actors who performed in it. Um, that being said, I should not be fearful because as fearful as I, I was of live action movies like Maleficent that really surprised me. Uh, but I've also heard that there's parts of Peach Dragon that are sad. And I think that that's why I don't want to yeah, see because I, I know that. it's sad. I just can't. The nice thing is the film does live on, the original does live on its own. This film really has not much to do with it except the general storyline. So don't fear watching it, but it's a totally different movie. It's uh, it's interesting. It is definitely something that I plan on doing within the next few weeks. So I'm adding to my list for, I'm running out of time in 2016, but in the early part of 2017, <laughs> I will definitely watch it. So, all right, let, listen, let us get over to, um, I want to get over to Walt Disney World specifically now that we're like 19 <laughs> minutes in to the conversation. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning in Magic Kingdom. And I think there was a lot of things that came and went and changed, some larger, some smaller. Um Maybe let me ask you this. When I say Magic Kingdom in 2016, any of you in any order, feel free to just sort of um, blur it out. What's sort of the first thing that comes to mind in terms of an addition, a loss, something that was memorable from 2016 from Magic Kingdom? Well, there's still a lot of, of hype and talk and love over the Muppets in Liberty Square. And... I, I have a feeling that a lot of people are really just re-embracing those characters again, and it was really a cute show. So immediately to my brain, that's the first thing that came up. And I think that's something that, you know, Becky, it's not one of those things that you see construction walls go up for, that is talked about for months. We were counting down to the opening day. It's something that just appears one day. And all of a sudden, it is such a guest attractor and satisfier because I think, one, it brings a, a very humorous element into Liberty Square, which doesn't really have a lot ever standing right outside mm-hmm. the Hall of Presidents. Um, I think it's something for kids, and I mean kids and kids at heart. Uh, as a longtime, very young Lou Mangello Sesame Street watching the Muppets show on weekends, kid that loved the Muppets, let's not talk about the puppet shows I did at home, um, <laughs> I love seeing that. And, and I've been waiting and wondering when we were going to see more of a presence of the Muppets in the parks. This is sort of one of the first, we'll talk about another that's over at Disney's Hollywood studios. And I think in terms of the guest response, I think it's something that people really, really enjoy. Again, you don't necessarily have to add it to your planning itinerary for a lot of guests. It's a nice surprise. And for a lot of older guests, I think it's one of those things that does very much resonate in terms of the sense of nostalgia that we have for those characters. 
Yeah, I agree. That's one thing that when that acquisition occurred, I really wanted to see more Muppets, not just the little bit that we got. And it sounds like we're getting a little bit more, which is nice. But those characters are so fun. And it does bring that little bit of nostalgia and that whimsy that uh, I think that area needed. That made me so happy as well, if I can add a little bit. My son fell in love with the Muppets. He's four. And I honestly have no idea what started it. I mean, we have the 2011 movie, but we watched it like 30 days in a row. He catches like Muppet references, like myth, myth that you do on shows like <laughs> that are not even part of the conversation. He's like, oh, he's talking about Muppets. And he is obsessed. And because of that, my daughters and I have really kind of come to love the Muppets. But at a time when there's really nothing for us. And so to see these characters, like nothing new. So to see these characters kind of popping up in the rumors of Muppet Babies and we are all, we're all really excited. So even without the nostalgia factor, it's really exciting. Yeah, I would agree with you 100% on that. I love seeing the Muppets there and I really like the uh, the format they're doing it in too with uh, actual, the animatronics, or I guess the puppets, not animatronics that, that they're using. Um, I, I think it's amazing and uh, the story is excellent and the, uh, uh, the audience interaction is fantastic too, but for me, the one thing, and this is probably a 2000, late 2015, I think they soft launched it then, was the, the Skipper Canteen add-on and the whole enrichment of the of the Jungle Book yes. um, uh, storyline and backstory. I really, really like that. I've always liked the Jungle Book, um, uh, sorry, Jungle Cruise um, uh, experience and the backstory and that whole ambiance, but adding the restaurant was such an awesome uh, concept. I, I think that's, I, I'm really excited to see that. And kudos to you, Jeff, for being the first person to mention food in the conversation. So you <laughs> clearly know where my heart lies. I agree with all of you in the terms, not just the assessment of the Muppets. I think Skipper Canteen was a, a and, it, and I think it did. I think it opened very, very late 2015, but yeah. we'll sort of give it to, launch, to 2016. I it yeah, I think it really adds a lot to Magic Kingdom. Not just in terms of the, like you said, the continuation of the storyline beyond the, the the four corners of the Jungle Cruise. I think as you look at the details and see, and, and really pay attention to some of the nomenclature that's used there, that is going to go beyond the confines of Magic Kingdom. You're going to see it elsewhere in Walt Disney World, in other parks, and outside the parks. You're also going to see it outside the Walt Disney World parks, and I'm talking about things like the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, I think that is going to be a much more prevalent and prominent and important um, bit of branding and story than what we are seeing in its very infancy stage over at Skipper Canteen. And oh, by the way, the menu's awesome. Yes. I was going to say, actually, that was going to be mine as well, that I thought of, I was kind of impressed with the, the details in the restaurant, but then after Destination D, it, you're exactly, I mean, there was so much that they kind of hinted that that story, which is like an original Imagineer story, is going to be everywhere, which it, that really made me excited to kind of dig into it more. Yeah. And if you, so, oh, digging in. So if you go to show number <laughs> 433, we did a live review of Skipper Canteen, which is probably going to be about, which probably is as long as what this show is um <laughs> going to be uh, so, so sticking with food there were some other things Pecos Bills uh, changed its menu a little bit and I mention it because we're starting to see what I think for a lot of people is a welcome shift away from so many locations serving burgers and chicken fingers you're in Adventureland you now have things that are like Disneyland you had burritos and more southwest style offerings and I think that is 
a trend that we're going to continue to see, not just in Magic Kingdom, where, oh, I love your pot roast mac and cheese so very much, but in other parks as well. And that's one of the things that I love so much about Disneyland are the wide variety of even counter service foods that you can find throughout uh, Disneyland and California Adventure. Well, I, I got to tell you, I love the new Pecos Bill relaunch. The the quality of the food is fantastic, and it is a great departure from the standard burgers and fries thing. And I'm so happy that the Fixings Bar is still there. That's one of our go-to locations every trip. Uh, we always take time to relax at uh, Pecos Bill's, and I was so excited to see the new Mexican menu there. And the food is just delicious. All right, very quickly, around the horn, favorite place to eat in Magic Kingdom, go. Friar's Nook. <laughs> nice. Friars Nook? Sunshine Tree Terrace. Wait, Dole Whip's all the citra, way. <laughs> citrus Swirl or Dole Whip? Quick, Jennifer. No, Dole Whip. So the current Sunshine Tree, Dole Whip all the okay. way. Becky? But I love Orange Bird. <laughs> Becky can't answer this. I don't do counter service restaurants. Wait, but <laughs> wow. No. Um, I love the pot roast mac and cheese. So I would I would definitely throw them. I have not been to Skipper's Cantina yet. Stop so it. I, I know. I haven't all been right, there. All right. Listen, me. next time you come here, you can take me to Skipper Canteen. Awesome. I'm there in four days. Let's Sweet. make it happen. Let's make it right. Somebody call <laughs> Mouse Fan Travel and make an ADR. Um, and hey, in- hey, Becky, they, they now yeah. serve alcohol in uh, Skipper's oh, Canteen. So That's even go. more of a reason. I was waiting for that. That's, now I was you're waiting speaking for the my language, brother. Um, <laughs> so, and look, this is something that, um, and, and I'm happy you, you got there, Luke, because it is something that was recently announced is just starting to happen where certain dining locations in the Magic Kingdom are going to serve a limited menu of, uh, of beer and wine and alcohol. Um, this could be a separate conversation for a separate day, but uh, thoughts, uh, positive, negative, otherwise? I, I think there's, and, and I'm asking because I think this topic, and, and look, the one thing I love about the Disney community is that however you feel, it elicits so much passion in people. And whether you agree or disagree, I think that passion comes from a place of love, right? Because of how we feel and how important this place is to us. Look, whether you are debating, you know, the uh, the closing of Maelstrom or alcohol in the Magic Kingdom, I'm curious as to, uh, very briefly, your thoughts. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, I, I'm i okay with it because it's contained. And, uh, you know, you're not going to see somebody walking around with a, a Bud Light bottle uh, outside of It's a Small World. Um, it, it's contained wherever it is. You're not going to be able to, um, you know, just walk up to a counter and purchase it. You do have to go to one of those restaurants uh, to partake. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm kind of a well, you know my answer. <laughs> Don't just skip Becky. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm pretty much fine with with that, but I, I do agree, Luke, that uh, it it is contained. It's not something that they're they don't they're not rolling a keg down the the middle of Liberty Square. It's you know in the restaurants, it's uh, being served appropriately. And for the amount that they've rolled it out so far, there hasn't been any problems or I haven't seen any. So I'm good. I'll take a contrary. Yeah, I, I'm going to take a contrary position. I actually don't. I'm not happy that they've that they've rolled out uh, alcohol in the in Magic Kingdom. I mean, it was the it was the one place in the world where they did not have it. Um, I, I just think it changes a bit of the ambiance of some of the restaurants when there's alcohol service happening. Um, and I think it's part of the original the original vision of Waltz, you know, to have that kind of environment. It's sort of disappointing. Having said that, though, I do think I've seen it. And I think it's being done responsibly. And I've the comments about you know people not wandering the streets with uh, you know bottles of beer is a is a positive thing. But I, I'm a little disappointed by it, and it's not going to change my 
my love of the world, but uh, it, it for me it just I think it takes a little bit away from the original the original concept. Yeah, I think that you can argue. In a, you know, comfortably argue um, both sides of the coin. You know, you can go back to Walt and maybe his feeling that he did not want his you know, quote unquote Disneyland East to have alcohol. That that maybe is yeah. part of the reason why we didn't see it in places like uh, St. Louis. Um, but I think you also do need to look and listen to guests and whether you consume or don't consume kids, not until you're 21. Um, if it's a guest satisfier or guest something that a guests have been constantly asking for, um, as a business owner, you do have to sort of take those uh, requests and potential complaints into consideration as well. Um, I, you know, for me, will I have a glass of wine every now and then? Sure. It, what, was I happy without it in the parks? Fine. Am I? you know, devastated that it's there. No, because I, I understand. I understand from a guest perspective and from a business perspective. And I think, Becky, you made a, a point too. You know, you're not going to be doing, you know, Muppet shots in Liberty Square. So, um, I, you know, um, and I think... Don't give any ideas. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm registering that with the trademark office right now. <laughs> um, Muppetshots.com, I own it. Don't touch it. Right, and, and you, look, you're not going to be going into Gaston's Tavern and, and doing you know, shots and things like that. And I think um, that's not what is going to happen there. And I think certainly Disney 2 is going to keep a very, you know, close watch on the the consumption as well. So um, on on a quick other note uh, about Magic Kingdom before you move on, the other thing that really stuck out for 2016 was something that they tried, which was the after hours parties. Oh, yeah. Now, did you do any of the after hours parties? Yes, I did three of them. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I'm that I am that target person that, uh, you know, when you go to one of the parties way back when, when we used to go to, to um, Mickey's Very Merry and there would be a third of the people and, and the price was accordingly and you could get on anything with a five minute wait, uh, which doesn't happen anymore at those parties. The after hours party was the first time that it was a step back into that time period where you could basically have the entire Magic Kingdom to yourself. And I, I would pay the money and I would pay the money again because it really was that special of a feeling that you almost felt like it was you and just a, a few hundred of your closest friends taking over the entire park. And, and that's how, you know, you kids are too young to remember uh, what the old um, E-Ride nights used to be way back when. And I, and I think we're thinking probably in the early... 2000s uh your price point was different your price point was probably somewhere between 15 and 25 dollars i believe and that would get you into the park for i I believe it was three hours after closing time and it was limited it was definitely it was a limited number so you were paying for that privilege obviously times have changed economies have changed offerings have changed but I, i do like the idea especially, uh, you know, for certain guests that want to stay late or have to cram a lot into a short period of time. uh, If the finances work out, you know, the idea of having that, like you said, Becky, the park to yourself, whether it's, you know, early extra morning hours or e-ride nights or or these after hours parties, we've done something like that. And when they had it uh, over in Epcot a couple of years ago with the dining experience, I think that gives you the feeling of something extra special. 
Yeah, and you really did. I mean, that was where I got my picture taken where I'm sitting in the middle of Main Street with a castle in the back, and there's nobody. There's nobody around me. So um, but, but it was it's seven hours in the park as you can get in at 4 p.m. Um, they had priced it down to $75 for annual pass holders and DVC members. So for $75, seven hours in the park, that was a pretty great deal. And I, I have heard that they are going to experiment with it again in 2017. And for those who really want that really special experience, I highly encourage people to give it a shot. And remember, too, when you see new offerings like this, and there are a lot of events like this, other things that you see scattered around the park, whether it's Cabanas in Tomorrowland or some of the other, a lot of these things are very much tests. You know, they're tests to see what the guest response is going to be. Um, and, and I think that they learn and they adjust and they bring things back that they see definitely seems to be working and, and ideas that don't maybe um, resonate as well are not brought back. All right, I want to quickly just go through um, a couple of quick points about Magic Kingdom before we move on. We did get some new additions. We got the, the new Royal Friendship Fair show, which I mentioned that came in, I think, June or July. Um, I really liked it, and I liked it for a, a lot of reasons. And again, when I watch performances and shows a lot of times I'm watching the guests even more so than I'm watching the performances and what what I saw were that and I use in air quotes as if you can see me there were newer princesses there princess and the frog frozen tangled newer music that the, the next generation of classics were there there was um more um current and and dare I say relevant references in there some people might not have liked the idea of the characters having cell phones in their hands and texting and tweeting each other but think about the generation of kids that's watching that is where they are you know as much as I want to keep my cell phones out of the kids hands sometimes it's where they are at what resonates with them it is the, the the world in which we live and I saw how it did. It definitely seemed a lot more relevant and resonated with kids a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues and or changes. And the last thing I want to mention is over in Tomorrowland, we're seeing a couple of different things happening there. Some are subtle, um, some are visual, like the new color scheme over at Carousel of Progress, the new color scheme in terms of the painting of the rockworks as you enter the Avenue of the Planets from the Main Street Hub. You're now starting to see uh, Stitch's Great Escape operate seasonally, which, as we know from history, is often the sound of the death knell for an attraction. Um, there are rumors of a Wreck-It Ralph attraction coming into that. So just very quick, and, and I think what is happening here is something I've been saying for a while, which is I think Tomorrowland is the next area that has not been talked about yet publicly, but that is prime for a change, an update, an upgrade, and even an expansion. Uh, I think where the Buzz Lightyear meet and greets where the old Galaxy Palace Theater is, that is prime real estate right there for a new attraction. We've talked in the past about what I'd like to see there, but I think you're going to see a, a shift in Tomorrowland a little bit. Uh, very quickly, yay or nay, liking the idea of a Wreck-It Ralph attraction possibly coming to Tomorrowland? Let's do it. Sure, yes. sounds good. I love me some Wreck-It Ralph. So, um, me too. 
All right, let's let's move over to um, Epcot Center, as it was, where there were some gains, there were some losses. Um, Captain EO, may you rest in peace, replaced for the time being by a Pixar short film festival. Again, I think that, um, and we'll talk as we start talking about 2017 uh, later, I think the entire Imagination Pavilion is one of those areas that is is ripe and primed for a change. Uh, going back to discussion of characters, we did see Baymax doing a meet and greet in Epcot. We see uh, Innoventions West, which closed, I think, at the end of 2015, currently as a character meeting spot. Um, there's the new Frozen meet and greet in their home in World Showcase. Um, and I think Innoventions West closing, again, is sort of a hint of, of what is to come in the future. But when I talk to you about Epcot in 2016, any or all of you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Frozen. <laughs> and so, Jennifer, Frozen Ever After, uh, which replaced Maelstrom, um, say what you will, um, whether you like it, whether you're sad about uh, Maelstrom, whether you, you've... Um, you're ready to let Frozen go. You know, the wait times for Frozens, uh, you know, looking at the numbers, have to be an indicator of how successful and how what I think Disney wanted to do, which is get more people, especially kids, over to Epcot Center. Well, and we're not tired of Fro- Like, my family still loves Frozen, just really, really loves it still. Uh, and we don't watch it as often as we did last year. But that ride is spectacular. They really did an incredible job with it, in my opinion. So I, I don't really see how you could complain, except, I mean, aside from the whole what you wanted Epcot to be. But they did a really nice job with it. Anybody else I thoughts would, on Frozen? Yeah. I wouldn't know. It's only been a rumor to me. <laughs> be able to get on the ride it's uh the, the wait times are crazy and getting fast passes are next to impossible which i guess just proves it's a popular ride my my wife and and 16 year old son stood in line for hours to go on the thing and they loved it and maybe feel very jealous after the fact yeah i think it took me about three visits before i actually was able to get on the ride to, uh, to yeah. grab a fast pass because that was a tough one to get which again is just testament to the popularity and the kids still love Frozen, and I think it's going to be around for a while. That's, yeah. why, that's why Becky stays away, because the kids love Frozen. <sighs> Becky's on the out. You need some new material. Mangello, you need new material. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's funny because it's true. Um, also, <laughs> in Epcot, Soarin' Around the World opened, um, in, oh, in awesome. addition to that, a new film, awesome. a new theater. Yeah, it's great. All right, I, I got to know because you know there was so much controversy of people saying that it was bad because there was you know um, so much CGI in it. But I really found myself laughing and smiling and enjoying every moment of of riding the new Soren. Yeah. I don't get why somebody is complaining about CGI and cleaning up images. I mean, it is this is Disney. I mean, Disney is all about uh, you know fantasy and making things larger than life and i think soaring is a perfect example of what disney exactly. does it was fabulous yeah it's just, look we're, we're there to suspend our disbelief yeah, and sometimes exactly. you have to yeah. suspend it a little bit more um you know technology so not is a national always... geographic special it's, <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a ride at epcot and you love it and it's it's amazing to to fly over 
um, bears and then all of a sudden have a, a whale jump out at you. I, I thought it was fabulous. And I think you're and right. I think... Know, how do we know that doesn't actually happen? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Every day to somebody. Day. Good. But look, that's the whole point, right? You hit it right yeah. on the head. The, the goal is for us to come off that attraction smiling and laughing and wanting to go and do it again. And that's what I think the, the attraction does. Yeah, look, you can pick apart if you want to anything, Right? You can dissect it and find all the flaws in it, but that's not the point. The point is to go and suspend your disbelief and leave all the other stuff behind you. When you step through that portal and you, or you strap yourself in, especially for those of us who have to use the extra strap because they're too small, you strap yourself in to that glider, it allows you to be transported somewhere else. And so I'm on board with you guys. Um, I, I love it. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. And 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 now that they put in the the new theater, there's not the lines that there used oh, to be for awesome. it. Yeah. That was so great, and it, I love that ride in particular because they can change it up, and you can go back to Soarin' Over California again, and you can uh, do Over the World, or they can create other new magical experiences. So I, I think that the whole concept is wonderful, and I love the fact that you're flying over places that you may not be familiar with. I mean, the moment that you go over those big waterfalls. It just hit me. I've got to find out where this place is because I want to go there. I want to see this in person. So oh, I was the really... smells that for yeah. me, it was, smells like I thought I would miss the orange groves and the pine, but the grass yeah. and the jasmine yeah. just, it's, it's, so, it, it's beautiful. Personally, I'm really glad that it was the grass that they chose over the elephants. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I think MBI say, Most Fan know? Travel should sponsor that movie. <laughs> you know, it's interesting <laughs> that you said. Becky, that you walk off the attraction and you want to find out where those places are, you want to go. Yeah. That that goes back to what If You Had Wings was. When you yeah. came off If You Had Wings in the early 70s in Tomorrowland, where, where Buzz Lightyear currently is, there was a travel agency there. So you were able to go to the Eastern Airlines desk and Sign book me up. your trip. <laughs> now, I wonder how many of those people booked it because they were excited and then got home and went, wait, we just booked a trip to where? But that's what it was meant you know, to do. And I think that's what it's meant to do, too. It's meant to entertain and educate and inspire you, hopefully, to travel as well. All right, I want to quickly go through some other things. Um, Flower and Garden continues to grow, no pun, actually pun intended. Um, It's really becoming possibly my my favorite of the special events because it's such a nice mix of um, what you get to see and experience as well as what you get to taste. It's sort of a, a mini food and wine festival which celebrated its longest festival duration yet. I believe it was 75 days. I mean, it was long and I'm, yes. I am not complaining because the more food and wine, look at me, this body doesn't happen naturally. Um, and they're going to extend it again. So it, that yeah. is obviously one of the most popular times of the year for people to be there. It's probably one of the most profitable because there's a lot of things to sell and a lot of things to eat and a lot of things to drink. Well, I think so, too, Becky, if for guests that cannot come during yeah. these small windows because they work or their kids are in school, by expanding the number of days that it's offered and then offering something similar during Flower and Garden. And I think you're going to start to see some uh, additional things like that as well, you know, like the, the, yeah. the festival, the art, the International Festival, the arts and stuff that's coming. You're giving people something special, something added on, no matter when you come to the parks. Yeah, and interestingly enough, I, I was just in Disneyland for uh, the holidays there. And over in California Adventure, they have set up kiosks, much like they, they have in World Showplace that has our showcase that has all of the um, different bites and things that you can get, everything from um, from 
spicy food to uh, desserts, much like the you know the little kiosks that they have set up for food and wine are set up there now. So it's interesting that um, it's showing up now in different places and at different times of the year. So I want to mention a couple of things very quickly. Um, there were some other special events. You know, the look. Spaceship Earth becoming a Death Star for Rogue One was pretty awesome to see because we've always sort of uh, imagined it. Uh, I think that DV see that again. No. Sorry. Why? <laughs> why? Why would they only do that once? That's that, there's, that's the question I have. For I, you if you look, you might see it again. See it. I mean, it might be something that they do it. for for the for the. But I think as Star Wars Land opens at Hollywood Studios. That's where the Star Wars world is going to live. Uh, I think the DVC member lounge in the top yes. of the Imagination Pavilion, I was able to visit it. Um, I think it's something very welcome. I think as a DVC member, it is something that it's a nice privilege to have that. I am not a DVC member, but for the, those that are, I think like American Express membership does have its privileges. I think we are going to see those in other parks. However, I think... It being there in the second level of the Imagination Pyramid is more of a test of that space because I predict that that space is going to change within the next 12 to 18 months. And that leads me to my final point around Epcot. Other things that left, you know, interventions for the most part is somewhat of a ghost town. You know, Stormstruck is gone. Some of thrills is gone. Uh, I think they're getting ready for the 35th anniversary and the, the use of that space for something else. But I think more importantly, as we close, I think if you are an Epcot Center fan, if you are the purest and the nostalgic, when you hear Bob Chapek talking about changes to the parks that are coming, telling his Imagineers to start dreaming big in making changes to make it even more so. And the things are coming, they're going to be more, and I'm relatively quoting and paraphrasing, Disney and timeless and relevant and true to the original vision of Epcot. That has got to get you excited for what is going to come. I mean, I, there are things that I think are coming that I, I choose not to share. I think we've heard some of the rumors in terms of what might be changing in future world. But I think that when you hear that um, timeless, relevant, Disney, family-friendly, original vision, I think that should have or should get a lot of people very excited about what's coming. Yeah, Got a lot of possibilities, that's for sure. So moving over to Disney's Hollywood Studios, I, I, obviously the big news in, in Hollywood Studios is not what has come, it's what's coming, but what is lost. All right, obviously, Streets of America closed. Uh, the backlot area, you know, many were, were sad to see go. Lights, Motors, Action closes. The backlot tour, obviously, they're making a, way for... Can I have a moment of silence for Osborne Lights? Just, you know, kind of... <laughs> I don't disagree with you. Um, I love the Osborne Lights. I Look, going there with friends or family or by yourself... Um, and and watching them dance and hearing the music. I will tell you, though, that obviously, it look, they had to go away, right? Sad as we were, they had to go away because Streets of America is no more, right? There is no backlot. You know, all those areas are gone to make way for what is coming. I've said this before. I believe it in my heart of hearts that within the next year, year and a half, possibly even for the next Christmas season, I think you will see a series of non-Osborne branded, but tied into Disney, 
set of dancing lights elsewhere within the confines of Walt Disney World, which will, I think, make a lot of sense when you see them. If what I'm thinking and hoping and imagining is going to come true, I think there will be a natural tie-in, a natural location, and it will make a lot of sense when it does happen. Yeah, Hollywood Studios has been kind of the the world of walls, obviously, as they're closing things down and and getting ready for what's to come, which we're all excited and looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like when all of that opens up. And look, it doesn't happen overnight. Right, it does not happen overnight. Yeah, exactly. It takes time, and I think they're doing really good – uh, a really good job of bringing in things to keep us sparked. For example, when they did the um, the new Star Wars fireworks, yeah, that was a pretty incredible show. I, I got to say, I was really impressed. It was it went beyond my expectations. So, they they are doing things to keep us interested in going over there in the in the lull between. But um, we just kind of have to be patient because what's coming is going to be amazing. And that's it. it. It's the belief in what's coming. And I will tell you, I saw Jingle Bell Jingle Jam, yeah. and. I really they, and, I, and I understand from what I understand when they were preparing for the show, there was a happy accident in terms of something that that was new that when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I guess because the holiday season's pretty much over, if you haven't seen it at one point, it's snowing in front of the, the Chinese theater and lasers are shooting across. And as the snow falls through these layers of lasers, it's an effect that I have never seen before. It's spectacular. So cool. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. A, a happy accident. I had no idea that, that it was just something that, that occurred. I thought somebody had planned that, but no. No, it wasn't. It was a uh, it was a happy action. Like we need to do that again. Um, <laughs> in terms of things going away, I was not the saddest person in the world to see Pizza Planet go. I, I come from the Northeast, <laughs> and I'd like my pizza. However, I think a lot of us were very excited when Pizza Rizzo when announced was announced and opened in December. Again, the we were Becky. You even mentioned a lot of us were wondering, "Hey, you've acquired the Muppet properties. When are we going to see more Muppets?" We're seeing more Muppets, and I think we're going to continue to see more Muppets in the parks. Wait, so how's the pizza? Though This is what I need to know because I haven't been there. I have not been there as yet, so you can take me there okay. when you come here too. All right, we'll put we that also, on the list. We also um, skipped over the Muppet Mobile Lab. So it's three of the four parks have some Muppet presence that's new this year. So wait, so Muppet Mobile Labs came back? Because that was something from like 2005. Yeah. So I mean, that was a, a while ago. Yeah, and the same way it came out of nowhere, and I, I guess it might not. If you're acting surprised, maybe it only happened for a week or two because we got to see it. Uh, it sort of showed up out of nowhere and wasn't on the times guides, and was so much fun. And I love that because I thought it was brilliant and beautiful when I first saw it. I love the fact that things are unannounced. I love those surprises in the parks, and when I saw it then, I, and then I saw Lucky the Dinosaur later. I says, "Wow, Muppet Mobile Labs is sort of." a hint of something that we're going to see later on. And I think, and I'm, this is going to, how I'm going to segue over to Disney's animal kingdom. What you see with things like Muppet mobile labs and what you saw with things like lucky, the dinosaur, I think are, are hints of what is to come in the world of Pandora, which is going to open, I, I guess, sort of in phases, hopefully starting this summer. And I will tell you the more that we start to hear and see the more excited that I am, the more about the story that we are hearing, the more excited I am. But I will tell you, I think 
the thing to get excited most about Pandora are the things that they haven't told us yet. Oh, I yeah. think that there is so much more behind the veil um, that are, is going to blow us. And look, I've been saying it when I, they first, I think Animal Kingdom, and we saw this already in 2016, they are starting to stay open later. They have rivers of light. They have all these extended hours and, and changing the nighttime. It is going to be the park to visit at night. Oh, absolutely. And, and we've talked about this a lot because the, uh, even before we had events where the park was closing at five o'clock and you would do the nighttime special events, that was like one of the most coolest times to walk through the park was at night where everything is so dimly lit and it's so themed and, and the noises and it's just beautiful at night. Now, fast forward to what Pandora is going to look like with that uh, omniscience and the, the glow and the colors and it's going to be spectacular. Speaking yeah, and of... what a cool opportunity, really, to exploit the animals at night, too. They're completely mm-hmm. different beasts at night. So, like, the uh, the Sunset Safari is such a cool idea. It just brings out a, a new range of animals and then a new just sort of hive of activity that you can have with those animals. And that's really what Animal Kingdom's all about. Uh, for me... A new education. Our... I'm sorry, go ahead. Driver talked about how they migrate at night and... And also for the nighttime safari, our driver once talked about the migration habits at night and when they feed. And so um, just really interesting new opportunities. And speaking of habits and feeding, I will tell you, I love Nomad Lounge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's my line. That's mine. I have not <laughs> eaten at Tiffin's you. yet, but I have heard from and look, I will tell you when, when a new restaurant opens in Walt Disney World. I've been in the restaurant business before as out of courtesy and respect to them and understanding that when a new restaurant opens, you need time to work out the kinks. You need time to train your staff. You need time to see what works and does. I don't do live restaurant reviews within the first few months of a restaurant opening. I have heard nothing but good things about Tiffin's and I loved the one brief experience I had at Nomad Lounge. I thought it was relaxing and comfortable and it was delicious and I forgot that I was in Disney's Animal Kingdom. I really, really like what they did there in terms of theming, design, story, menu, and the staff was exceptional. Oh, and the beverages are so there yummy. You go. Ah, there you <laughs> go. They have such a great, a great choice. And even if you don't drink adult beverages, that's fine. They've got some of the best pressed pot coffee I've had on property. Yum. <laughs> we have another thing. We got to go back there because that's that's on the list. I've got to say that I mean I, I saw Tiffin shortly after it opened, and it's got to be one of the most attractive restaurants. Yeah. I mean, I haven't I didn't actually eat any of the food because I couldn't get a reservation, but it has to be one of the most attractive restaurants on property as well. The theming, the design, uh, it's just it's a gorgeous facility. It's uh, it's it's going to be a, it's a wonderful addition to Animal Kingdom for sure. And I have heard that it is one of the best dining experiences anywhere on property. Now, when I say dining experiences, I mean in terms of quality of food and service. And in it, like I've heard it compared to California Grill, Victorian Alberts, you know, wow. some of the more high-end restaurants. And, I, and the fact that it exists inside a park is something I, that, that I really, really like. Because I think That's Disney really is different. changing the perception of what in-park dining is is and can and should and will be in the future. 
Add it to the list. I haven't been to Tiffin's yet. Well, Everybody there you says go. It's You're going to have to extend your trip. So. We got a lot of places to. All right. So I'm going to, um, we're going to jump outside the parks to what I think is, especially as a local, has now become a true destination. And you've come a long way, baby, in 2016 Disney Springs, because where it is now from where it was at the beginning of the year has been remarkable in terms of changes, uh, in terms of the growth. If you haven't been to Disney Springs, downtown Disney, Pleasure Island in years, or you're not going to recognize it. I mean, you literally will. I have had people look around and and they almost sort of forget where they are and what was there um, because so many new shops and so many new restaurants and so many new restaurants, Sprinkles, Deluxe Burgers, the Patisserie, um, the Crepe Place, the Sausage Company, the Hand Rolls, Frontera, Homecoming, Blaze, Morimoto, SDK, (laughs) Coca-Cola, Boathouse, uh, Paddlefish is is coming. Um, And and we can almost do a show about Disney Springs, but quickly give me your, your thoughts. Well, I'm, oh, I I'm love pers- it. I'm in love with Disney Springs. I think it's one of the uh, the most amazing uh, changes to Walt Disney World that I've seen. And uh, it's it's just such an amazing uh, facility now. You can spend an entire day shopping, eating, shopping, eating, and then eating some more. It's just <laughs> an amazing – it's an amazing place with some, a really great selection of uh, restaurants and choices for all ages. I think it's a, it's a real home run for them. Favorite restaurant in Disney Springs, yeah, I was. My, mine one. is still, mine is still Earl a sandwich, but <laughs> I'm, I have simple tastes. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, go ahead. Yeah, I've always been a downtown Disney fan, except for the parking. That was a must do for me. I don't really know why, because now looking at it, I don't know what it had to offer by comparison. But in Anaheim, downtown Disney is always so. And I hoped for that when Disney Springs got finished. I think they accomplished that, but in a way that feels very different and just really, really at home where it is in Florida. I just think it feels like a place I would want to hang out as a local. And I will tell you that as a local, we, my family and I, we go to Disney Springs more than we go to the parks. What's your favorite, what's your favorite place to eat there, Jennifer? Oh gosh. Uh, Well, there's some great sit-down restaurants, but I'm kind of in love with the poutine place. Oh, see, <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that is that friends. accurate? Po- is that is that accurate poutine? Or <laughs> we have an expert on the line. Now, I just wanted to dispel a rumor. Uh, those of us in Canada, we are we are not all obsessed with poutine. That's largely a Quebec thing, and uh, uh, I have had the poutine and in both Quebec and Disney Springs, and I would suggest that it's probably pretty comparable. So, but it, cool. but please, but well, please. But please change your perception of Canadians. We don't all wear snowshoes. <laughs> we don't all eat poutine. And we don't, don't say a boot the hoose, eh? You should. But you should all eat poutine. Yes, apparently. Yes. And we'd all be 450 pounds. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'll tell you what about uh, uh, Disney Springs that I think is maybe not a very uh, a sexy change to it, but the parking and the bus loops. Um, have made things oh, just yes. so much easier, so much more accessible. Um, and I got to go with uh, Jack Lindsay's Hangar Bar as my go-to spot there. Yeah, I, I have a lot of favorite restaurants. Becky, now it sounds like you have not eaten at a lot of places in Disney Springs. And, and I'm, listen, I'm a giver. I'm here to help you. I will help you <laughs> fix that. Yeah. 
I, I have been to the boathouse several times, and that tells you right there. I keep going back to the boathouse several times because I have really enjoyed every time I've been there. Everybody's telling me, though, that I'm really going to like homecoming. Oh, and I have not been there, but that's the place I have to go on this Fancy Moses. Every person keeps telling me I have to go there. So that needs to be on our list. So I went there for the first time for a lunch meeting the night before my uh, Momentum workshop earlier this year. We loved it so much, we went back again with the whole group later on that night. And I was... You hear, oh, it's the fried chicken, the fried chicken. I'm like, listen, Publix has... It's insane. It's insanely good. And what I will tell you, I love about that restaurant and, and in addition to the food and the service, right? So one thing about Disney Springs is that we have a lot of, of... uh, restaurants with celebrity chefs attached to them at Art Smith's Homecoming, Mashahara Morimoto, uh, Rick Bayless has Frontera, Kevin Dundon you see all the time at, at Raglan, and Guy Fieri is going to have some menu items at Planet Hollywood. But what I love, and I specifically speak about Morimoto and Art Smith, is that they are not just names on the door. You go to that restaurant and you will find them there. They will come wow. to your table. Uh, Art Smith is like the nicest guy in the... I hugged him. I was like, I love oh, you cool. and your food. But I love the fact that he's <laughs> in that there. Order? Uh, no, I like the food yeah. first. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I love him because of the food. But he's in, but he's there and he's accessible and he's approachable. And I dig that. Um, I, it is not just a name on a, a marquee. And um, I, I think there's a lot of entertainment opportunities at Disney Springs that make it a destination. There's live music everywhere. There's so much for adults and kids to do and wander and shop and browse. And I would certainly be remiss. I saw it the first night that it premiered and I am not too much of a man to admit. I I wept at the drone show. (laughs) I thought it was beautiful. It's now called Starbright Holidays. But when I saw it, and I watched these lights in the air dance to this music in a, in a choreographed ballet. I was amazed at what I saw and what I heard and how beautiful it was. And like so many things that we see for the first time, I was excited because I know that this is just a hint of what is to come in the future. We are seeing the very first early iteration. We're going to look back and go, ah, remember that first drone show with only 300 drones over Disney Springs? I think that you're going to see this not just in Disney Springs. You're going to see it in the parks. I think that you're going to see additional technology coming from these drones um, and what they're going to do. You're not just going to see them choreographed and changing uh, color in the air. I think that you're going to see um, projections and other things that are happening with it in, in a true multi-sensory. I'm, I'm trying not to say what I think, but in a true, um, it's not going to exist no just in me. the air. It is Tell not going to exist in the air. So I think it's spectacular. <laughs> and I think, look, you know, it, it's not easy to, it's easy to put two and two together. You know, something like that at Disney's Animal in Pandora, you know, just oh, yeah. makes such so sense. So exciting. Yeah, the, the drones were very cool. I got to see just the tail end of it when I was there a, a few weeks ago, and it was just amazing to look up and see the lights and see the formations. And it only, like you said, tips the hat to what is possible with that technology. 
Absolutely. And and sort of I missed I missed oh, it by a day. I went I left uh, Orlando the day before they soft launched. I was so disappointed. <laughs> oh, come back. I will, I'll take I, you there. Well, we'll go for some poutine, eh? I'll come, yes, we should stop that. <laughs> I, I'm looking I'll come back when Edison's opens. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. The Edison restaurant. That one is uh, really looking exciting. And you know, that's the thing. Disney Springs is not finished yet. It's continuing to grow. It's continuing to expand. I think that there are uh, additional offerings that are coming that have not been announced yet. Yes, that means some things will go away, but there's also some additional room for expansion. A third garage is coming down the pike. It's much needed, um, but there are unique shopping experiences or unique dining experiences there. It really is sort of, um, you know, there's not attractions per se, but as a local, it's a destination and it's almost uh, a fifth gate. Um, and, and sort of, I was- I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I was so excited about that parking structure. You do not know to be able to look up and I know it's a little thing, but to look up and see that the light is green and you know that there's a spot waiting for you where the light is green. <laughs> that, that's like, it's incredibly cool. So knowing where the parking spaces are and it's just not, it's so much more convenient and accessible than it ever was before. It draws you there. You want to go be there. And then the the atmosphere itself. I mean, I sat on or stood on one of the bridges within eyeshot of the cupcake ATM, which I did not go to, but I looked what? at it for a while. Um, but but the water and the springs and the story behind it, and it they just did a fantastic job on, on this changeover. And I think the fact that it's family-friendly morning, noon, and night, but there is still offerings for adults as well. STK has a very specific vibe to it. Jock Lindsay's is a place you can just go and hang out outside, just like Paradiso 37. I love, 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 love the live music and the wide variety of it. There's rolling pianos and there's Irish music and there's dance music and there's Latin music and there's acoustic music. And no matter where you go, there's a there's an energy and there's a vibe yeah. to Disney Springs that it never had before. And I applaud Disney because for the first time, I think since it opened, it finally has found its identity. Yeah. And, you know, what's really great is we're actually hearing from people who may may have gone to the parks a lot or people who really aren't that interested in theme parks wanting to go to Disney to experience this because they're foodies. And we're actually seeing and booking people in um, in Saratoga Springs, which and the the I gotta stop saying downtown Disney hotels, but the uh, the Disney Springs location hotels because they're not really going to the parks. They just want an easy way of getting to Springs, and you could pretty much spend an entire week there and not eat at the same place twice. Listen, I said it when it, a long time ago. All of a sudden, you know, Disney uh, Disney Springs. Um, Saratoga Springs oh, yeah. for a lot of DVC and, and other resort guests was sort of where you would go if you couldn't get in somewhere else. Right. You know, the, the downtown Disney slash now Disney Springs uh, good neighbor uh, hotels were places that, you know, maybe you could save some money if you couldn't get on property. All of a sudden, uh, Saratoga Springs and places like the Wyndham where you can walk right across the bridge mm-hmm. are the places that you want to go. I mean, you can get... Great value there. It's incredibly accessible, especially at night. You don't have to worry about driving back. You walk right over the pedestrian bridge. It's well lit. It's safe. And your hotel is right there. 
Exactly. And just to dispel a rumor, because not everybody understands, while uh, Saratoga Springs is a DVC resort, you do not have to be a member to stay there. There are always um, specials and offers and discounts for people who are not members for cash, too. So please know that because we get that question all the time. So wait, they can book it through MEI at MouseFanTravel or at MouseFanTravel.com? Yes, as a matter of fact, <laughs> we can also do all of the Disney Springs resorts that you were just mentioning, too. So, yes. I Listen, hey, I've stayed. This, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Since this is a year review show, I guess one of the things that didn't happen at Disney World is the closing of Disney Quest. What what's going on there? Do you have any Do you have any secret insights there? That's uh, I, I don't, um, but I can I can guess speculate. Um, the NBA experience was supposed to be in there. I do not think or know or believe that that is going to happen. I think um, I think Di- I think Disney Quest got a little life support at least temporarily, but I do think that that venue is um, earmarked for something else going in there um, within the next 12 months. Because hmm. they've, they've announced the closure of that um, attraction a number of times. I believe, <laughs> for a number of years. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the polite pig is coming in the spring. Delicious. Right? Sounds on, so Luke good. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, baby. No <laughs> oh, Becky, it's, it's all the pork. All the pork. It's all, called the all polite the pig. All the they pork. do all the pork. It sounds so good. <laughs> so I just want to quickly touch on a couple of other things that happened on a more sort of uh, general scale in the parks slash resorts and and uh, the outlying areas. Um, I think, like we said, you know, when a new technology is offered, um, like My Disney Experience and Magic Bands, it is the first iteration of what's to come. I think we saw a lot of growth with not just knowing that the new, the next generation of Magic Bands is coming uh, or it's just starting to ship actually right now with a more versatile design. But I think we saw a lot of improvements in terms of the My Disney experience experience in terms of making fast passes at different parks and, and more than three a day. The app has gotten exponentially much more usable and user-friendly. Uh, I think that we're starting to see the early iterations of personalization in the parks because of the magic bands. We started to see them over at It's a Small World with the goodbyes, uh, the hitchhiking ghosts over at the Haunted Mansion. I don't want to make it a spoiler for you. Uh, I think you're going to continue to see more of a personalized experience um, in the parks. Um, we did see the loss and I say this again as a nostalgic and as a a bit of a collector, the Disney, I was sad to see Disney dollars go. I don't know why, um, Disney dollars. I've been, I've been, I have a bunch of them that I collected for many years, but we did see a couple of additions to make your experience better. Some of them were small. Um, I think one thing that people may not be aware of until you get to the parks is when you see the new fuel rod kiosks in the park of Disney partner with fuel rod. It's a battery charger exchange program. So you can basically buy this battery charger, use it for your phone. And then when it dies, you go to another kiosk and you can swap it out for another one. So you don't have to worry about not having your phone for photos and videos. And it is very smart. Very yeah, I did that. I did that at Epcot this year. It was it was it was a lifesaver, and I say lifesaver in a very tongue in cheek fashion. <laughs> but it was great to have that have that access to my phone again. Absolutely. 
Um, there's also some additional, you know, offerings. Again, I think things, especially during the busy times, that you might not have realized you wanted or needed until you heard about it. And the thing I'm sort of referencing particularly is something that they're, I think, testing right now, which is express transportation between the parks, where for a fee, it's an add-on service, if you have a park hopper ticket, once you enter Magic Kingdom, for example, if you want to go over to Epcot, you don't have to now exit the park, get on a monorail, bus, or boat, and then go and transfer, transfer, transfer. You're picked up backstage and then are transferred by bus to one of the other parks. And it's a relatively nominal fee. It's about $15, I think, per person, or I think where it's like $20 or $25 for multi-day. And it will take you through all the um, the different parks. And again, this is something that is within the last few weeks. But again, if you're here at a relatively short, for a short period of time and have um, a limited amount of time to do things and the parks are very crowded, this is a nice sort of add-on experience that again, people are taking advantage of and really seem to like. Oh yeah, I haven't uh, t- tried it myself yet. I'm going to you do that when I'm a, there. You haven't seen but a I will bus since... Wow. I, you know what? This is how bad this is, you guys. I actually have to take pictures when I'm on a bus and text it to him to say, see, I'm actually on a bus because he never seems to remember. But I want to try it this time because that's the type of thing that it's a time saver. So you're, you're paying for extra time in the park because you don't, like you said, have to exit and then go through security at the next location. You can just go right from park to park. And I, I, I like it. I think it's a great option. Um, it sounds great in theory, and I hope that it's uh, as good in practice. Right. I agree. We rent a – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I agree. We rent a car every time because I don't like waiting on the buses. I'm, uh, I think Becky and I would get along really well hanging out at the parks. But uh, do don't, do a Gen- don't do a Jennifer voice, please, Lou. Don't make that up. But um, I, I just – I don't like to wait, and I realize there's still probably some waiting, but I, it's at least tempting to give Disney transportation a try again. I think you're right. I think time is money. And if you have a little amount of time, you know, if I said you're going to save three hours, if you're, if you're going to be park hopping multiple times throughout the day and it's going to save you one, two, three hours, is it worth $15? I think a lot of Sign guests yeah, are going to say yes. Yep. Yeah. No, if they'd only do that for a marathon so we wouldn't have to drive from place <laughs> to place. <laughs> be so much easier. (laughs) All right, well, speaking of marathon, nice segue, Becky, as if you can sort of see my notes. Um, There were maybe, and and Luke, I know this is in your wheelhouse much more than mine, but there was the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, Star Wars Half Marathon, Disney Princess Half Marathon, the the Dark Side, Tinkerbell, uh, the Running Shorts, Disneyland Paris had the initial uh, half marathon. Disneyland's Half Marathon, Wine and Dine, and Superhero. I'm exhausted just talking about them, let alone running in any of them. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the uh, the dark side uh, was new this year, and that was actually uh, in Walt Disney World in April, um, and I was lucky enough to run the inaugural one, um, all three races, and they, they just did a fantastic job. Just uh, the, the course was different than uh, any of the other races, which is great. Um, but there were so many cool props that you got to see in characters. Uh, I got to sit in Emperor Palpatine's chair, which was fantastic, right on a, a land speeder, um, things like that. And, and then they had Force Awakens showing on a massive overpass uh, video. I think a bunch of the running team, we, we stopped and watched the last uh, lightsaber battle. Um, but it was just such a cool experience. So, yeah, I think that if they keep expanding these races and coming up with new themes and, and, and things like that, 
it's, they're just unstoppable. And I will keep paying the money time and time again <laughs> um, to come and see it. Very quickly, what's your what was your what what is your overall favorite race event? Uh, it's got to be Marathon Weekend. Just the camaraderie and uh, everybody that comes down for it. It's great. We're just days away. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, and sort of just rounding out, because I think it very much is an extension of Walt Disney World, I think many, many of us were very, very excited when they announced not one, but two new ships for the Disney yes. Cruise Line coming in 2020, 2021, somewhere around there, Becky Mankin? Yep, uh, 2021 and 2023. Are the the two latest uh, dates that they're giving us now, and it is so exciting. And it's going to be those larger ships. They're going to be just a tad bit bigger than the the fantasy and the dream. But I know that the Imagineers have been going off their rockers, coming up with new things because the the cruise industry is one of those that you have to keep going and you have to be on the front edge. And Disney did such a great job rolling out things like rotational dining and the other um, benefits and features that no one else had and others are now catching up with. I can't wait to see what they come up with next. So exciting. Yeah. It's, and um, that just means we also have uh, a couple of um, events that we have to start planning for 2021 and 2023. <laughs> I have to get through 2017 first. But it was so just sort of rounding things out a, a little bit. Um, when I looked back on the, the 2016 year, I, I looked at it from a, a overall Walt Disney World perspective, certainly from a, a personal and a business perspective and things like that. And from a ra WW radio perspective, you know, we did a lot of fun incredible memorable amazing things you know look marathon weekend we we joke around about you know getting up at at you know crazy hours and standing out there for hours but you know i still love like you said luke you know marathon weekend certainly look at me it's not about the running it's about the friendships and the relationships and the people but we had the star wars cruise in february a couple of weeks later we went to New Orleans for an on-the-road event, which I love, love, loved the food in New Orleans. and the food. I mean, the marathon was great, too, but the food and the people in New Orleans were wonderful. Becky, you and I spent a uh, memorable, in air quotes, week or so together in Disneyland preparing for something as yet to be announced uh, for 2017. We had our e-ticket adventure cruise and then time in Puerto Rico, which I absolutely loved. Um, going from New York and then spending some time in Puerto Rico um, it was really, really a, a lot of fun. Um, for me personally, um, you know, in addition to the travel that I do for Disney, I was able to go to places like the Philippines to speak. Um, and fortunately, was able to stop in Hong Kong Disneyland on the way back. Um, and if you go listen to show 440, I do a, uh, a review of my six or so hours that I spent in Hong Kong. But uh, I was able to, like, you know, Luke, you said it's about the people. And I was able to travel to so many different parts of the country and meet so many amazing people in San Diego and Minnesota Iowa, Atlanta, North Carolina, where the barbecue is no joke. Um, lots in um, Orlando and, and other events that uh, I did here. As um, I start to look to 17, I'm going to be doing a lot more speaking and traveling and have a few other 
fun projects I'm working on uh, that uh, are, are yet to be announced. Um, that you've told everybody but me, right? I, I know. Pretty, well, no, uh, that's only really on the <laughs> W radio side. Um, ah. uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that I've been working on, um, and I will tell you before I forget because I'm old and hungry, and I'll forget um, that if you don't, if you have not liked the W radio Facebook page yet. I highly encourage and I ask you to do so because uh, there is more that I have planned coming in 2017, including a lot more live video. I will also be releasing something new just after the first of the year. And uh, so you'll, yeah, you have no idea what this is. And I love that. Um, (laughs) But I want to just quickly, um, before I let you guys go, uh, again, in the same order, if I said to you in a single word or a single sentence, you know, what did you think? Um, give me your feelings about 2016 in the parks or Walt Disney World or, or Disney as a whole. What is your sort of overall feeling or thoughts or, or memories about it? Before I answer that, <laughs> You're buying yourself I need to time. step I need to, yes, I need to step back really quickly because there's one little thing that you did miss which was the improvements and the reimagining of the Disney Wonder, which included things like adding the Avengers Academy on board. And the one thing you haven't seen, which you are going to love when we get on the Disney Wonder for Alaska, hopefully, is they redid Parrot King into the Princess and the Frog restaurant. Nice. You know, we should really take like a research trip, you and I, on the Wonder so we can talk about it and do a show right from there. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Add it to the list because maybe we can do that somewhere between, I don't down. know, the, okay. the June um, cruise in China. We can fit it in there we'll somewhere. We'll find a way to fit it in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, lots of stuff on the Disney Wonder, lots of stuff that, that Disney's coming up with. I think 2017 is going to be incredibly amazing as they start rolling out the things that they've only given us little glimpses of. Um, and then, of course, not to to go without the whole D23 Expos coming up again, which means we have a lot of exciting things and a little thing we haven't even talked about yet because we haven't announced it, which is coming. Um, but for 2016, I think it's the year of change. I, I think that we've had to embrace a lot of things going away, knowing things that are coming. There's They're kind of putting in some filler stuff that will go away when the, the main events come on stage. Um, I think that this year has been difficult for some as we had to say goodbye to people and things. Um, But it's a year of opportunity of looking forward and what's coming down the line. I think that is an overall whole. They've given us a lot of things to think about and anticipate um, and wish for and dream about and look at the artist renderings and wondering what it's really going to end up looking like. So 2016 has been that year of using our imaginations for what's coming and hopefully showing a lot of patience along the way. Jennifer? Um, What might not be surprising, I have to go back to, I started to mention something, but then you went on to Disney Springs, which is my favorite, second favorite topic. You didn't mention the Tree of Life Awakens, which is probably standing in front of that tree as it did those amazing things, the projections and the lights and the atmosphere. I guess we kind of talked about Animal Kingdom at night, but I love the the new things they did with uh, just the carnival and just all of those exciting things. But the tree is breathtaking. And I think that's important because, again, it's a hint of what's to come yeah. for that park at night. 
Yes. Um, and so similarly, my word was going to be anticipation because I think that we really, it, it kind of holds a, um, like an air of excitement, you know, like you, maybe we said goodbye to things, but I, I think that really as much as maybe the online community wants to focus on how little is at Hollywood studios, how much went away, the atmosphere there is still really kind of a buzz with new star Wars things. And what's, I think it's very, they're doing a good job of keeping us reminded of what's coming. So I think that for our family anyway, it's been kind of a positive, um, just anticipation of what's to come next year and even, you know, farther out than that. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's it's just personal connections. I think Disney is doing a great job of, uh, you touched on it, Lou, of personalizing your vacation uh, and your experience. And not only with the RFID uh, technology in the parks, but also just the, the different offerings they're, they're given, you know, the, the villains party or the after hours uh, add-ons that you can do. Um, and, and personally, you know, those personal connections this year have just been uh, life-changing and really motivational. And, and I can't wait to see where they take me. Uh, and, you know, this this podcast and the running team really uh, are, are the reason for that. So that would be my 2016 uh, in a nutshell. Uh, for me, my, my word is awesome. And that may seem kind of vague. But the reason I say awesome is because there was a number of years when you know, every time you go down there, it was largely the same parks. And attractions hadn't changed much and you just saw things disappear instead of things being added and i think what we've seen in 2016 and what uh, is anticipated for 2017 and beyond is just this amazing campaign of uh, new features and new shows and new attractions and new rides that uh, you can literally justify financially if you can of course uh, you know visiting every year now because it's it's not the park you have to go to every four or five years to see change you can actually go from month to month in some cases and see change so for me it's awesome that i can anticipate uh, all the great changes and all the things i'm excited about to go back and see and show my kids and my grandkids uh, my friends um, it's uh, it's been a great 2016 i'm looking forward to 2017 and beyond can't wait for star wars I've been skeptical about Avatar, but I'm getting really hyped about it now. I think it's looking great. And I'm so glad to see that Animal Kingdom is getting some uh, um, some capital love in terms of uh, adding some features to it that actually rounds that park out to be as awesome as it as it, uh, it truly could be. So uh, awesome is my word, and I look forward to seeing what comes next. So I hadn't thought about my answer until I asked the question. And I think, uh, Luke, you probably sparked something in me because if I was to uh, reduce it to a single word, it would be connected or, or connection. And, and what I mean by that is it could be something as the Muppets, right, in Liberty Square connecting us to our childhood or the characters that we're seeing in Epcot or we're connecting to those types of experiences. We're more connected in terms of the accessibility of the information and the apps that we have and the technology that's there. We're connected on a personal experience because of what we see. I think we're having richer experiences in the parks. I think they're doing things that helped us connect with each other. Right? I think, it, ridiculous as it sounds, wandering with your family aimlessly through Disney Springs allows you to just talk and, and I think our greatest connections oftentimes happen over food, right? That's, it, it is. That's why we gather around the table. Places like that afford us the opportunity to to do that. Um, I, I think we're having 
deeper experiences with each other in the parks. I think we're having richer experiences in the parks themselves, and I think that is only going to uh, continue to improve and uh, grow and get better as time goes on. I am looking ahead to 2017 and beyond, but that is another show for another day (laughs) in terms of maybe some things we're looking forward to that might be coming in the parks. Uh, I will tell you um, that for me, 2016, Luke, to sort of echo what you said, it's about people, right? It is, I would not be here. Um, I don't, I'm not sure waxing point. I would not be here without you, the four of you, and you, the person that's sitting here with us listening. Um, I am incredibly humbled and grateful uh, for the opportunity that you share your time with me. Um, when I say that we're friends, whether we've met yet or not, uh, I mean it, and you continue to demonstrate that to me in so many ways. I have made and connected with so many people because of this, and for that, I'm so grateful. I don't mean to take things to a sad turn, but I will. I, I have to. Um, Becky, you said you know we lost some things. I don't just mean that we lost restaurants and attractions. We lost some people, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot that we lost that impact us a lot of different ways. And, and just a couple of days ago, uh, we lost Charlie Ridgeway, and I, I mentioned him. Because yeah. I considered him a friend um, beyond just somebody that I shared a publisher with and somebody whose work I admired and, and was such a wonderful guest. on it. Charlie was like, I think he was on show four, show five, and came on a number of other times uh, over the years. And he was a good person and um, he was always very kind to me and uh, connected us to stories about Walt and, and to the ability to understand and appreciate why things are the way they are and, and bring it back to him. So um, I'm sad that we lost Charlie and, and know that he is in a better place, but I am grateful to him and I'm grateful to all of you um, who are with me on the show today, who are listening whenever and wherever you might be. Um, and I know that the best is still yet to come at Disney for Disney and here over at WDW Radio. So for that, I thank all of you and I wish you a very safe, happy, healthy, delicious, blessed, and wonderful new year. And everybody, I guess I've already hung up already. Was I waiting to blow my horn? I had a New Year's horn ready to go. We need to sing Old Lang Syme to take it out. I only know the first three words and I don't sing. So. I can la la. No, no. Ever brought to mind. Where's my Vuvuzela? I need to get my Vuvuzela out. Nice. <laughs> I don't think that plays notes. <laughs> no, it just makes a Why don't you sing, Lou? I think that'd be a great way to show everybody how much so. you care about them and that you really want everyone to have them. And I care about energy. you, but I don't want to put anybody through that kind of torture. <laughs> Here, we'll, Except we'll for all things with you, too. <laughs> so, yeah, ready? <laughs> It's 
time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see or taste, but sometimes in what you hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question was pretty simple and straightforward, and it really was about what you hear or heard in the parks, because I asked you, where in Walt Disney World have you heard, that's our motto, more, more, more. You might know better if you hear it directly from the horse's or meerkat's mouth. Check it out, what's that? Well, with more people, they needed more space. Great idea, we'll go multi-level, condo maximum, Pumper, take a memo, right? Uh, what's a memo? You're fired. Okay, look at the lights. Yeah, but to get all that, Pumper, they needed more power. And that's our motto, more, more, more! So that was from Circle of Life, an environmental fable over at the Land Pavilion and Epcot Center. If you didn't recognize it or remember, I wonder if Circle of Life is one of those shows that maybe you've never seen or seen once or see quite often or just pass by on your way down to Soren or the Sunshine Seasons Food Fair. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries and randomly selected one. And last week, because it was the holidays, you were playing for not one and not two, but multiple prizes, including my 102 ways to save money for and at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the parks, which you can find over at the shop at www.radio.com. You also get a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some WW Radio stickers, a hot and cold travel mug, and just because it was the holidays, I'm also going to throw in a WW Radio t-shirt. So last week's winner randomly selected is Carrie J. Reed. So, Kerry, congratulations. You use the online form. I have your shipping information and your T-shirt size. I'll get that prize packet out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here is your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, we just celebrated New Year's Eve, and I hope yours was better than Mariah Carey's. But for about 15 years or so, you were able to celebrate. I feel really bad for her, honestly. We were able to celebrate New Year's Eve every single night in Walt Disney World, complete with the countdown and fireworks and confetti, lots of confetti, and some bad 90s fashion. So, your question this week is to tell me where in Walt Disney World. You were once able to celebrate New Year's Eve in Walt Disney World every night from about 1990 to 2005. You can enter via email to contest at www.radio.com, but better yet, go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, show number 470. There you will find an online form you can fill out, including your shipping information, because I'm going to send you not just digital, but physical products as well, including the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, and the WW Radio Hot and Cold Travel Mug not available or sold in stores. So good luck and have fun. And Happy New Year. That is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day, night, week, workout, drive, whatever it may be. 
I understand and appreciate that your time is your most valuable commodity, and I'm grateful that you choose to spend and share some of it with me. As I look back on 2016, I have so much, more importantly, so many people to be grateful and thankful for you, my friend, the listener. Again, just by you, be your presence is the greatest present to me, and I'm grateful to that. To all the members of the WW Radio Nation, some of you who've been with me since the very beginning, some of the new members who have just joined up recently, I am so, so very grateful to and for you. And if you want to find out how you can help support the show and get access to exclusive content, rewards, events, and products, and monthly scavenger hunts, and magic band covers, and logo items, and call-in shows, and more, you can find out more and join for just as little as that a dollar a month over at www.radio.com slash support. I want to quickly thank some new members of the nation, including Mike Milne, Eric Siegel, David Iwanowski, Carrie Brosmer, and Tara Weaver-Hawley. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you and everybody who is part of the nation family. And whether you are a new listener to the show, welcome, or if you've been listening for some time, please don't forget that in addition to the podcast, please check out the site over at www.radio.com. We have an amazing team of blog writers, lots of new video content, a free weekly email newsletter, and there's some cool stuff coming that way. And please don't forget to join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for a live video broadcast and chat with you every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern p.m. Eastern over at Facebook. Please note the shows are now going to live and be broadcast at facebook.com slash Radio. So if you've been following me or we're friends on Facebook, please make sure you like and turn on notifications over at the Facebook page. There's a video in this week's show notes that'll show you exactly how to do it. I am working on some cool new things uh, that you don't want to miss. You can check out the video to find out how uh, to subscribe and turn on notifications from desktop or mobile. There's lots more coming on the page and to the community, especially via live video. And uh, stay tuned. I've got a few other new things that I've been working on for some time coming very, very soon that I'm going to share with you. Speaking of sharing with you, I'd love if you would share with me. I would love to hear from you, not just commenting in the show notes or on the Facebook page, but if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail, be heard on the air. Better yet, call from the parks at 407-900-9391. And as much as I love connecting with you online, I think that nothing, my friend, beats a handshake and a hug. That is why I've been doing monthly meetups in Walt Disney World coming up on nine years uh, this January, as well as events on the road, group cruises, and lots more. You can find out more by visiting the events page at facebook.com slash Radio. Our next meet of the month is coming up this weekend, Saturday, December 7th, over at the Tomorrowland Terrace. It is once again Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. Whether you are a member of our running team or just going to be in the parks, I whether you come alone or bring the whole family We'd love to see you Saturday from 2 to 3.30 p.m. over at the Tomorrowland Terrace. And if you will be participating in any or all of the marathon weekend events, I, as well as other members of the WWE Radio running and cheer team, will be on and around the course for all the races. Uh, I will be at Main Street USA in the Magic Kingdom as you enter from backstage for both the half and the full 
I'll also be at World Showcase by the United Kingdom when you come in from backstage and for the full. I'll also be near the finish line as you enter Epcot from World Drive. As you get close to the bus loop, we'll be thereing as well. We'll also have team members cheering at Magic Kingdom, Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom, ESPN, Hollywood Studios, Epcot. There's also going to be snack stops along the way. So whether you're a member of the team or not, please uh, feel free to say hi to some of the other members, and uh, if there's any left, you can have some of the snacks we're handing out to give you a little bit of extra energy. Uh, we, we do a number of other races. To find out how to join the team, visit www.radio.com running. And also, I'd love for you to join me in some more, these are more loose speed activities like group cruises. We're going to be doing a five-night double-dip cruise to Castaway Key this summer on the Disney Disney Dream, June 25th through the 20, uh, 30th, the 25th through the 30th, 2017. We're also playing another event for this summer. We're going to go to Alaska again in 2018. Again, to find out more, just check out the events page over on our Facebook page. page. I'll also be doing other events and meetups, uh, not just in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. We're going to be in Shanghai this year, but other events on the road as I go to speak at conferences to businesses and to schools. Uh, if I could come and maybe speak to your business, whether it is about Disney, entrepreneurship, social media, podcasting, whatever it may be, you can visit LouMangelo.com. And if I can maybe help you turn your passion into your profession with mentoring or group coaching, we're launching a new mastermind group this January. Again, you can find out more by visiting LouMangelo.com. Thank you, as always, uh, to my friend and partner, Becky, over at MouseFanTravel.com. They have been and hopefully will always be my official and recommended travel provider, whether you're coming to world or land or cruise or anywhere. She and her team will not only give you a free no obligation quote, but more importantly, they treat you like family. And when I say family, I mean family that they actually really like. They will also help you get not only the best possible prices, but all available discounts. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And more importantly, it all comes at no cost to you. Thanks to little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine. You can check him out over at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether you have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on Facebook or your favorite Facebook group. And please, if you can, take 30 seconds. Go leave a rating and review over on iTunes. It is incredibly helpful. Thanks to you. We have more than 1,200 five-star reviews. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Hayes DVC, who says, Hey, Lou, thanks for all you do. Kamen2003 says, uh, Lou has an unbelievable depth of knowledge of Disney. It's going to provide you a little piece of Disney World between your trips. And more importantly, the infectious positivity leaves a smile on your face. Thank you, Kamen, as well. Um, Pink Forever says, It's a fun, informative podcast. Lou brings passion and enjoyment to all things Disney, making the time between the trips more endurable. More importantly, the care for the listeners, my friends, shines through. And as a friend, you are waiting to meet. Pink Forever, you have it exactly true. Again, you can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions on exactly how to rate and review the show. And finally, and I'm sorry, I know this is going long. Uh, again, I want to thank you for 2016, which has been the best year Ever. And that is all because of you. And I know as we start to turn the calendar page or swipe whatever on your phone to turn to January, we started thinking about and, and, and looking to resolutions and goals and lists, etc. But instead, I want to ask you to do one thing. I want you to finish this sentence. 
to yourself or if you want to share it. In 2017, I will blank. And if you want to share it, you can leave me a voicemail, post it on the Facebook page, tweet me at Lou Mangello, whatever it is. But really, that is hopefully for you to commit to one thing, one goal, one place that you want to be in 2017 and do whatever you need to do to make that happen. And as Walt said, always keep moving forward. Thank you so much for your time today, for your time in 2016, and hopefully the time that we will spend and share together in 2017 and beyond. I love you, and I am grateful for you. See you. Hi, Lou. This is Lori from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I just listened to your top 10 funniest attractions in Walt Disney World, and I think you missed the big one. Uh, we love, my family, kids and adults alike, Turtle Talk with Crush uh, at the Living Seas Pavilion. It is hysterically funny, uh, very ad-lib, and we don't miss it. Thanks, Lou. Bye. Hi, Lou. Buongiorno. Uh, Buonasera, actually. This is Juliet Davis calling. I am a Navy spouse who has been kept afloat, pun intended, all these years, um, former, future, and now present again Disney cast member, who met her husband, who is still deployed overseas, will come back to our new house in Orlando, where I can see the fireworks as I am listening to your show and unpacking um, some of the very few things that the Navy sends until Chris comes home, and kept alive and inspired and thrilled to be back, even if it's just by myself, because of your show. Chris and I met 20, gosh, 27 years ago in front of Pirates of the Caribbean. I actually went to labor on Pirates of the Caribbean with our son, John Patrick, Long John Patrick, as everyone calls him. I helped open the studios in the Backstage Studios tour, and Chris and I actually, um, living in Italy and Napoli, we just recently celebrated our anniversary at Disneyland Paris where, oh my goodness, over a bottle of wine or tea at anywhere from the Rosen Crown where they used to have high tea to, of course, um, the Gardens of Tea Room, which you did a show on, and there's so much more I would love to tell you about that room and what they used to do for cast members at the end of their shift. There's so much that I would love to share with you and finally meet you. But most of all, I'm calling tonight to say thank you because listening to the top 10 resort lobbies helped me get through um, an evening where I'm a little bit overwhelmed with closing on our house. It will be our retirement house when Chris finally comes home and does one more tour. And um, I am filling on my onboard processing work for a cast member I'll be at Adventureland. I've never worked in Magic Kingdom, so always said when the Navy was done with us, I was going to come back and hopefully work at the Magic Kingdom. So I will be in attractions, and I will be a pirate, which is a little conflicting, I guess, with my, my Navy officer. But there you have it. Anyway, thank you. Sorry for the long-winded message, but I get the feeling that you don't mind so much. My name is Juliet Davis. Hey, Lou, it's Chris down in Palm Beach. Mixed team O'Keefe in the box. Wanted to wish you, Deanna, Nick, and Mary, a merry, merry Christmas. 
and a happy and healthy new year. And everybody else in the box and uh, the nation, uh, happy holidays, everybody. God bless. Take care. Hello, Blue Mangello. This is Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. I just want to wish everybody a very happy holidays and an upcoming happy new year. And I want to tell you all who are going on the double dip WDW radio cruise that it is under 180 days. You are like 179 days out. So that double dip at Castaway Key is going to be absolutely amazing. So much for you to do um, on that island. You know, you've got the family island, you've got the adult island, you've got the ice cream, you've got the barbecue. Uh, just even like there's people braiding hair. Uh, there's a little post office there. So much, so much. Enjoy and have fun. And always thank you, Lou, for everything that you do for everyone in our community and outside the community. You are one major part of our lives um, and my family, and we thank you and love you and your beautiful wife and children and everybody in our box family and WGW Radio Running Team family. Love you all as well and all our listeners. Thank you and have a safe holiday season. 